0: Our reading today is from chapter 5 of John's first letter. Everyone who believes that Jesus is the Christ has been born of God, and everyone who loves the Father also loves the one born of him. This is how we know that we love God's children, when we love God and obey his commands. For this is what love for God is, To keep his commands and his commands are not a burden because everyone who has been born of God conquers the world. This is the victory that has conquered the world, our faith. Who is the one who conquers the world but the one who believes that Jesus is the Son of God? So we return today to uh, John's first letter and as we've been travelling through the, the letter of 1 John we've been looking at what it means to be authentically Christian and uh, John's main argument throughout the book as we've seen has been all about what it looks like to live as a Christian who has come to know Jesus and what, what are the implications for our lives for that. And in chapter one and two, we saw that that involves really sticking to the apostles' teaching. We saw that uh, we are to reject the the world's teaching, but instead to stick to what God has revealed in His Word. We are to live counterculturally because the world is governed by a system that is really evil, actually, and uh, stands counter to God. And so Christians, in a sense, have this kind of subversive kind of uh, living structure, authority structure, that we are to live in this world uh, and, in essence, infiltrate it, almost like spies, Uh, and the, the, the origin of this and the power for this comes from Jesus Christ our Lord. And then in chapter 3, we saw that this has implications for how we go about our lives in this world. And in chapter 4, we see that John instructs Christians that if they are to live in this world, we are to test the spirits, to test the teaching we receive. We saw that each person in the church has the responsibility to test and, and see whether what is taught in the church is actually aligned with what Scripture says. And in the next part of chapter 4, John teaches us that uh, if we are to live in this world, we are to show the kind of love that God shows for us, this agape type of love, um, which really only a Christian can truly show because uh, this type of love is a love even for one's enemies where you would sacrifice yourself or of yourself to serve and do what is best for those that are your enemies. And only a Christian can show that because we are the only people that are connected to the true source of that love, which is Jesus himself. Now, that's pretty important for us to understand if we are to understand what John says here in chapter 5, verses 1 to 5. Because he is continuing to draw from that flow of thought from the previous passage into our passage today. And so what he says in chapter 4 is that this kind of agape love is a love that can be commanded. It's not connected really to how you're feeling about a person, but it is an active, willful choice to love and do the best for the other person, perhaps even when you are not really feeling love for that person. And it turns out that the feelings of love we might have has very little to do with whether we actually love someone the way the Bible describes it here. And this is pretty important for us to understand in our context of our current passage, because that is how God's love for us works. If God's agape love didn't function that way, we would be in a terrible position, because the Bible teaches us that God's love for us is not based on his feelings towards us. In fact, he loved us while we were still his enemies, while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. And so that's kind of where we're up to in the book and now uh, you know we, we, we're left with this thought hanging that this idea of God's love is not based on how you feel about someone but it's about choosing the right thing even uh, if that person, you know, you don't feel love towards them. It's about doing the most helpful, the most right, the most loving thing toward them out of, uh, not out of a sense of how you feel but out of what is right and wrong. And so today, John turns then to what it means to live as an authentic Christian as we overcome the world. So what does it mean to overcome the world? What does it mean, how uh, how do we do it, you know? How do we live as overcomers? And that's what our passage today is about. And John answers this to us in three different kinds of ways. And he says that there is a burden that uh, we feel as an unredeemed person there is a burden we feel to obey God's commands but that we have freedom in Jesus to overcome this and then if we do that we can show love by obeying his commands and that's how you live as an overcomer in this world. And so we're going to jump around a little bit in the passage today and that's fine so if you've got your Bibles with you keep them open to 1 John 5 Um, because we're going to start in the middle and then go back to the beginning and then the whole passage altogether so let's start in verse three for this is what the love of god is to keep his commandments and his commands are not a burden because everyone who has been born of god conquers the world this is the victory that has conquered the world our faith now that's tricky because i don't know about you but well actually i think i do know about you but at least for me it doesn't always feel as if obeying God's commandments is not a burden, which is what John says here. You know, we're in this world where we're offered so many distractions and pleasures and enticements to walk away from God's design for us. And you've felt this, right? Right? You know, I think like like maybe it's a new uni student. You know, maybe she's just began at university. She's grown up in a Christian home. She's grown up deeply rooted to her faith. You know, she's been taught from a young age to follow Christ and honor Him with her life, with her body, with her mind, and she's she's committed. She's committed to following Jesus and following God's ways for her, uh, following what the Bible says she is, and and so on. Um, She wants to care for other people. She wants to live what she was created for and so on. So she studied hard. She got into university. um, You know, she's in her preferred course. And it's now (coughs) O-week. And as she walks onto campus, she finds herself surrounded by a new set of friends. And she's being challenged with new kinds of ideas. And she can't walk past the campus centre without being bombarded by the Marxists, you know. And she's been challenged and tested in her faith in ways that she's never experienced before. And then one night, her new friends invite her to a party. They promise her that it's going to be a night of fun, a night of laughter, a night where she could unwind after perhaps a stressful week of assignments and so on. But she knows that this party is going to involve a ton of things that have nothing to do with her beliefs. Things that go against her values against her commitment to Christ, to honour him. Excessive drinking, drugs maybe, you know, the things that happen at uni parties, all in an environment that says, go ahead, give it a go, you might like it, and after all, the first one is free. And as she considers this, and the life she has led so far, she starts to think about how restricting it really is to be a Christian. God, after all, thinks, she starts to think, is perhaps a bit of a killjoy. He doesn't want her to have fun. He doesn't want her to be happy. And surely, surely, these things can't be that bad, right? I mean, everyone else is doing it. It can't be that bad. And in that moment, she feels the weight of the burden of her commitment to Christ. And if she's honest... At that point in time, it is a heavy burden to carry and she has a decision to make. Will she cast off her burden and go and indulge in the party or will she stick to her commitment to God? Surely the second one feels more weighty, more heavy, more difficult to carry. And if that's true, then how can John here say, Obeying the commands of God are not a burden. Because, friends, she is living in that moment out of her broken self, not out of who she is in Christ. And we'll talk about that in a little bit more, uh, in a little bit more of a moment. But I wanted to stress that this is not something new that this young woman is facing. This is a tale as old as time. It just looks a bit different because the context is different, but that is exactly what happens to Eve in the Garden of Eden. I read from Genesis chapter 3. Now, the serpent was more cunning than all the other wild animals that the Lord had made. And he said to the woman, Did God really say you can't eat from any tree in the garden? And the woman said to the serpent, We may eat from the fruit of the trees of the garden, but uh, about the fruit of the tree in the middle of the garden, God said, "You You must not eat it or touch it or you will die. No, you will certainly not die, said the serpent to the woman. In fact, God knows that when you eat it, your eyes will be opened and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. And then the woman saw that the tree was good for food, delightful to look at, and that it was desirable for obtaining wisdom, she took some of its fruit and she ate it. And she also gave some to her husband who was with her, and he ate it. Serpent says, did God really say you can't eat from any tree? This is Satan putting into Eve's mind a sense of the weight of the burden of obeying God. And she buys it. And look how she replies, she says, we're not allowed to eat, we're not even allowed to touch, which is not what God said, or we will die. But God had never said that she can't touch the fruit, just that she can't eat it. And all of a sudden, the burden she feels is made to feel heavier, more difficult, as the serpent twists God's word, as Eve begins to twist God's word in her mind. And then Satan says, actually, you won't die, but God knows if you eat it, you're going to be like God. Again, feel the weight of the burden. Serpent is telling Eve, God doesn't want you to be happy. He doesn't want you to to grow beyond what you currently are. He wants you to stay subjugated, right? He wants to keep all the goodies, the wisdom, the knowledge, all for himself. His command is oppressive. Feel the weight, feel the burden. And then what happens? Look at how Scripture describes how Eve responds. Then Eve saw that the tree was good for food, it was delightful to look at, it was desirable for wisdom. She took some, she ate it, and she gave some to Adam. So she had a choice. She could let go of the burden of obeying God and enjoy everything that was forbidden to her, the things that looked good, Felt fun, was desirable, delightful, filling, fulfilling, and let go of the burden of the weight of carrying of obeying God, or she could submit to his law and carry the burden. She is in exactly the same box as our uni student. Same pressure, same burden, same lie that says God, what God says for you, what God wants for you isn't actually good for you. That living a life outside of God's law is actually good for you, delightful to look at, desirable and so on. It's the same lie and it is the same issue, my friends, that we all share. And that is why we feel the weight of the burden. And it can feel as if obeying God's law is burdensome because we are children of Adam and Eve. It is a curse that every human being feels. And this is why we feel this burden. We have inherited this burdensome demeanor, if you will, from our first parents. There is a burden to obeying the law if we live only within our old self, our broken self, our Adam and Eve first parents' self. That's the first thing we need to grapple with. But the second thing is that there is freedom from that in Christ. Because as a Christian, you have a new set of parents. Read with me verse 1. Everyone who believes that Jesus is the Christ has been born of God. And everyone who loves the Father also loves the one born of him. Which incidentally is also why Jewish believers are not believers. Because they can't love God the Father truly if they don't love God the Son. But that's a different story. Today we're thinking about our identity as Christians. Now, imagine carrying a heavy backpack on a hike. You know, it's, it's big, big hike so you've got a big backpack and when we look at God's commands outside, uh, to us, outside of Christ Jesus, they are like rocks that fill up this backpack. The, you know, maybe each rock is a different command from God. Don't steal, you know, and then we start thinking. Well, even pirating a song is stealing. So it feels so heavy and burdensome to do so. Each command is a rock, and the rocks feel like rocks because we are sons and daughters of Adam and Eve, as we saw. And when we listen to Satan's lies, the the laws that God gives us, the commands He gives us, we start thinking that they're not good for us, and our backpack feels More and more weighty, more and more heavy. Every step is a struggle, every journey seems rather endless, and the hike is punishing. But when you become a Christian, when you trust in the Lord Jesus Christ as your Lord, when you believe that Jesus is the Christ, as John puts it, something miraculous happens. You are given a new backpack. John says here, You are born again. Instead of being born of Adam, You are now born of God, you are born again and instead of this heavy backpack that feels like it's crushing you, in our born again nature, we, you know, our relationship to God becomes lighter and lighter. Each of those rocks is kind of like a feather, it weighs practically nothing at all because we are now in a relationship with God, in the right relationship with God. In some ways, nothing has changed The backpack is still full of commands, still full of God's will for our life. Our relationship to the commands, um, though, is no longer the same. Our relationship to the rocks has changed. Why? Because we have been changed. We have been born again. Now, why is it that obeying God's laws and commandments feels so heavy outside of a relationship with Jesus? Well, because we're actually... They feel heavy because we use them as a way to prove to God that we are good enough for him to accept us. We use them as a way to try and justify our own lives. And the weight is crushing because the task of obeying God's laws is so contrary to our very sin nature that when we try we are crushed by the weight of its burden. And that's why our nature needs to change. And that's where Jesus comes in. He was in fact the only person ever who could carry the full weight, the full burden of living according to God's laws, living this perfect life, uh, and he actually did it. He's the only person ever to have been able to do that. Jesus does what for us is impossible. He bore that weight for us so that we no longer have to. And then what happens is when we believe in him, when we trust in Christ, we're actually transferred out of the family of Adam and put into the family of God. We're transferred out of the line of sin and adopted into God's family as his children. We get a new daddy. And when we are grafted into his family, we find ourselves in Christ. That's what it means to be born again. It's not something, you know, being born again is not something only super spiritual Christians do. It's not a marker of someone who's especially dedicated to following Jesus, you know, as if there are born again Christians and non-born again Christians. That's not how that works. If you believe you have been born again out of the life of death and into a life of life, every believer has been grafted into God's family we are born again of God and we get an entirely new nature an entirely new identity so that when we feel burdened by God's commands by his laws over our lives when it feels like it's a burden to be a believer you can be sure that you are listening to either your old self or the lies of satan that you're going back to the way you used to be outside of Christ. But now you have a new nature, you've been born again. And that then has some pretty significant implications for our lives. So now what? How do we live out of that? You know, we've, so, we've seen that there is a burden to the law and we've seen that that burden exists because we're living out of our old self. But in Christ Jesus there is freedom as we're born again. Now the last thing John wants to show us is that that has, has implications for us and it means that we can actually overcome the world through obeying God's laws and commands. And now we're in the, in the middle. So verse 2 all the way through to number 4 again. This is how we know that we love God's children, when we love God and obey His commands. For this is what love for God is, to keep his commands. And his commands are not a burden because everyone who has been born of God conquers the world. This is the victory that has conquered the world, our faith. So what does it mean to overcome the world? It means to love God. And what does it mean to love God according to John? It means to obey his commands. That is how we show our love for God. Now, remember when we started, we said that biblical love, choosing to do the right thing, the loving thing, the best thing, even when we don't feel like it, is what biblical love is, right? That's just as true here. You know, it might not always feel like, we might not always feel like we want to obey God's commands for our lives. In fact, we don't always want to obey. We sometimes feel that it is a burden. But that's just because we're still learning what it means to be a Christian. We are, each of us, growing one step at a time. We're we're moving bit by bit by bit. But here's the thing. The more we love Jesus, the more we love God, the more our lives are going to be shaped by His uh, Word. The more we love God, the more we will keep His commandments... And the more we will do so naturally. But it's not based on our feeling. It is a choice to do the right thing even when we don't feel like it. It is an act of the will in which the heart follows. Jesus says something about this in Matthew eleven twenty-eight. We know this passage. Come to me all you who are weary and burdened and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, because I'm lowly and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. There is a burden. There is a burden to following Christ, but it's not weighty. It's actually still there, but it is a light burden. The backpack representing God's commands is still there. But they are no longer rocks. They are feathers. And the challenge to obey his command isn't any less significant. But because our nature has been changed, it doesn't feel as weighty anymore. When we have found freedom in joy as someone who is born again in God following his commands becomes easier and easier because we're empowered by the Holy Spirit, not just our own strength and will. We are living in a life that has been transformed by grace, not trying to carry this burden of living a life that's so perfect that God has to accept us on the basis of our own righteousness. And the burden of of carrying this sinful self-reliance has been lifted and instead we get this easy yoke, this easy light burden that Jesus speaks of in Matthew 11, but that does require us to engage our will. It is a choice to follow God's ways, even when we don't feel like it. That is what agape love does. It chooses the right and the best thing, even when you don't feel like it. And one of the best illustrations of, of this I've ever heard is from Tim Keller that he gave in one of his early sermons. And he talked about this very thing, that the more we love God, the more we will obey him. He said it's like a newlywed couple. At first, the husband doesn't want to do the dishes after dinner, but he does them anyway because he loves his wife, right? Then after a couple of years, this burden of washing the dishes isn't even felt anymore. It's automatic. He knows that, uh, you know, that after dinner, that is his job. He will just get up and it will just happen. The burden of washing the dishes has become second nature. It's still there. It's still the same task. It's still the same action. But it is no longer a burden. It is a lightweight thing to carry. It just happens. The task hasn't changed. The workload is the same. The workload has probably actually increased because now it's not just his plate and her plate, but also the plate of all the children. But that has become second nature. Why? Because the heart has followed where the will has led. He chose to do the right thing out of love and it has become his second nature. Now it is part of who he is. And that is in essence what John is saying to us here. Being born again of God changes our relationship to Obedience. It is no longer a burden born out of obligation. It's not a heavy stone we carry because we're afraid of God's judgment. Rather, it is a response of love and gratitude for the grace we've received in Jesus Christ. And when we obey God rather than succumbing to the temptations of the world, we do so because our heart is being changed by God. And the more we love God, the more naturally this obedience will come. And obedience then becomes a way of life, not because it is easy, but because our nature has changed and we are empowered by the Holy Spirit. And so back to our uni student on the verge of making a decision whether she's going to head into this hedonistic party she's been invited to or not. If she sees that burden of obedience as something that is actually far lighter than the burden of carrying her own sin, she will choose to obey. In that moment, she has a choice to make. And whenever we feel like obedience is a difficult burden for us to carry, we have a choice to make. Will she and will we turn our minds to the cross and there again see Jesus carrying the burden of our sin for us so that we don't have to? carrying the burden of sin even though he himself had done nothing wrong? Will she and will we turn our minds to Jesus who gives us the perfect record before God in exchange for a life that has been covered by our own sin burdens? Or will we and will she succumb to the pressures of the world and give in to sin? The answer lies in whether or not we love God, for if we love God, we will obey his commands, whether we want to in the moment or not. It is an act of the will and the heart will follow. Let me pray. Lord, thank you for... Uh, giving us challenging passages like this from 1 John, chapter 5, where we again learn about the nature of obedience. And we thank you that as believers we are born again, that we have a new uh, father, that we've been adopted into your family, that you empower us through through your Holy Spirit, so that we now have the power to overcome this world to reject its temptations, its lies, because you have changed us from within. But Lord, we recognise that sometimes it does feel like a burden to be a Christian. That when we see our friends and our family members do all kinds of things against your will with seemingly no consequences, it can feel weighty and heavy to bear. But thank you that again you remind us this morning That actually everyone has a burden to carry either we carry the burden of our sin or you will and if we have come into a relationship with you that our burden to carry is light that it comes from our love for you and so we pray that you will change our hearts from within that we will love you not just with a feeling but with choice and action not just with words but with deeds May you change us from within and really cast our burdens at the feet of the cross. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.